Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. There's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadium. Put them in big hotels, you know, wherever you want to play. Keep them very well surveilled, and namely a, a surveillance, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other or their family and just let them play the season. I mean, people say, well, you know, you, you, you can't play without spectators. Well, I think you probably get enough buy-in from people who are dying to see a baseball game, particularly me. I'm living in Washington. We have the world champion. Washington Nationals. You know, I want to see them play again. Dr. Anthony Fauci right there, the nation's top infectious disease expert, basically given the NBA and Major League Baseball and the PGA Tour and whoever else wants it to go ahead, play sports without fans. Now you got to have enough tests, and are they going to take a big PR hit because there aren't enough tests to go around? How many tests are going to be this summer? I don't know. I'm a sportscaster. But that would seem to be the next hurdle for them to clear. And the NBA commissioner told us, Adam Silver said, May 1, they'll reassess, gather information until then. So I'm gathering that they just gathered that, and that's a lot of gathering. Rams center Brian Allen tested positive for COVID-19. He told Fox Sports he uh, started suffering symptoms of the disease three weeks ago. Rams training facility was closed for two weeks, cleaned thoroughly. Allen and the team said he's feeling much better. He's expected to be cleared of the virus by doctors this week. Also, an unnamed Chargers employee. Not a player, but somebody else, staff, management team somehow, uh, has also uh, tested positive. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You know, we've been laughing for about a week about how we could do stories every day about sports restarting, and no matter how far you try to move away from that, boom, the headlines pull you right back in. So the College Football Playoff Management Committee spoke with Vice President Mike Pence in a teleconference call yesterday, and the committee, which comprises 10 FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, told Pence about how different the college athletic landscape is to that of the pro leagues and emphasize the biggest difference is the closure of campuses across the country. Basically, their position is if we can't have students back on campus, then we're not going to have athletes back on campus because you can imagine the athletes not getting paid, the legal liability, a small percentage of them are still minors. I mean, there are there are people who go to college at 17. I did, PK did. There's small percentage of the athletes, the freshman incoming class every year. And if one of them got sick, A, it'd be a bad look, and B, it might open them up to lawsuits. And so they were pretty uh, pretty adamant that if students back aren't back on campus, then uh, sports won't start. And it's just not clear if students will be on campus in the fall. I think there's a pretty good chance they won't be, but I don't think anybody knows that. Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick called it a pretty productive call. And added, I want to be clear, I don't think we offered any insights they didn't already understand or appreciate. A lot of discussion was about the unique nature of college athletes, athletics being first and foremost. The question we face is whether our universities will reopen and win. Man, a lot of fancy language. No students, no games. That's really what they said. 
DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I knew I, I had to stand up for myself. And, and I think that looking back, and even at the time, I, I could see what he was doing. You know, he, Michael wanted to make sure everybody who was out there could deal with the pressure of a playoff game. And if you couldn't deal with his trash talk during a practice, then he didn't think you were going to stand up to the pressure during a playoff game. That's Steve Kerr on his fight with Michael Jordan. Of course, all of that stuff is a story again because there's the 10-part documentary coming up uh, later this month, The Last Dance, profiling MJ, the Bulls. The NBA shot all this video during the 97-98 season, and they sat on it. And It's just funny. I, I, I took a class, which I thought at the time was a pretty soft, easy class in college. And maybe it was. The history of pop culture, how it impacts uh, everyday life. And one of the theories they presented in there is that we all get nostalgic 20 years later. We're all big for whatever happened 20 years ago. And if you look at hit TV shows especially, but movies do the same thing, they look back at what was in in the news or what life was like 20 years ago. The Wonder Years. A show some of you watched in the early 90s was about the 70s. Happy Days was a big hit in the 70s. It was about the 50s. Vietnam wrapped up in the... Well, Vietnam was fought in the Vietnam War. The U.S. was in it in the 60s and 70s. And if you look at the 80s and early 90s, there were a ton of war movies. Now, anytime you see a war movie, it looks like it's set in the desert. Well, you get 20 years out, you start getting reflective. So they pull this out 20 years later. They put together a 10-part series. Jordan's worried it's going to reflect on him negatively. When people see this footage, I'm not sure they're going to be able to understand why I was so intense, why I did the things I did, why I acted the way I acted, and why I said the things I said. When you see the footage of me riding Scott Burrell, you're going to think I'm a horrible guy. But you have to realize that the reason why I was treating him like that is because I needed him to be tough in the playoffs. He needed to be tough, and I needed to know I could count on him. When people see this, they're going to say, well, he really wasn't a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Well, that's you because you never won anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win to be a part of that as well. Look, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing this because of who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. And we can discuss this later in the show, but how much of this, you get inside the dynamic of what's going on, If you can't explain it to the outside world because their experience is different, would you rather just not talk about it at all? And you take that to today's jazz team, how much of this is reflected in whatever level of tension there was slash whatever level of tension there is with Donovan and Rudy? You can't explain one thing without explaining another. You end up having to explain a hundred things. I think it's one of the reasons people talk to the media the way they do. And they'll say some stuff off the record because we have a different frame of reference than a lot of fans because some of the things we see and hear, especially as you get older and a lifetime of covering this stuff. And they still don't want to tell us anything because we don't have all of the experiences and knowledge. We might have some more of them. So, find that interesting, but... 
There's some stories out there. Sam Smith did a story I retweeted yesterday all about the Jordan and Republicans buy shoes and what a flippant comment that was from Jordan because it had to do with their relationship and the way they talked to each other in the locker room when they were bored and just entertaining each other. And that Sam got it at one level and then the public took it another way. So that's out there if you want to read it. Also, NBA legend Magic Johnson says he sees parallels between the COVID-19 pandemic and the HIV-AIDS crisis in the early 90s. Same issues we had then, we have now. We're bad information, myth about it couldn't happen to us in the black community, not being educated enough about HIV and AIDS. The same thing is happening with the coronavirus. Magic is partnering with the NBA to try to raise awareness among black Americans. Seeing history repeat itself a little bit. PK, you were in L.A. when all that went down with Magic, and uh, he had his press conference and all that, and that was story one, two, three, four, and five in L.A. at the time. I mean, he's still a big deal, but he was a massive deal then. I think it's history replaying itself a little bit. I thought about that, but I don't have enough knowledge to figure out if that out, that's actually accurate or not. I do know I was working in the Daily Breeze newsroom that day, and the phone call came about uh, trying to get one of our guys, Mitch Chortkarf, on. And it was some guy named Chris Tunis from Salt Lake City that I took the phone call. Little did I know that I would get to know him rather well in a few years. And so, yeah, I can see where magic's going, but I, that's all I can say about it. We got our question up on uh, Facebook. Who should be on the Mount Rushmore of American sports? Jackie Robinson. April 15, here we are. A legendary day in American sports. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Who else? Who else belongs up there? You get to nominate three other people. We're seeing a lot of names come up. A lot of people are saying MJ. Can MJ be MJ without all the stuff where he says, hey, he may have been a tyrant? When people see this, they're saying MJ would be a tyrant. But if MJ wasn't like that, fight, riding Scotty Burrell and fighting Steve Kerr, would he have been MJ? Or would he have been a three-time champ instead of a six-time champ? Because some of those would have gotten away. They wouldn't have been quite tough enough for some big moments. Are you asking me? I am. <laughs> I think everybody needed everybody in that situation. I think he needed Phil. Phil needed him. Pippen needed Jordan. Uh, Jordan needed role players. I think it all goes together. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I obviously want to play, you know, as fast and fast as we can. Get to a get to a city, uh, maybe Arizona. You know, they're flowing out Florida. But um, you know, being quarantined in a city, if we play, you know, a couple months, it'd, it'd be difficult. You know, for some guys, you know, people. What are you going to do with family members? My wife is pregnant. Uh, what am I going to do when you know she goes into labor? Am I going to have to quarantine for two weeks after I come back? Because uh, you know, obviously, I can't miss that uh, you know birth of our first child. So it, it, it there's a lot of flag red flags. There's a lot of questions um obviously we have we would have to agree on it as players but i think the mentality is we want to get back as soon as we can but obviously it's got to be realistic you know we can't be sitting in our hotel rooms and you know just going from the field to the hotel room and not being able to do anything i think that's just uh, i think that's pretty crazy that's mike trout and mike trout doesn't usually say a lot pk so when he does i think people really listen to him and 
I wonder how many players he speaks for singing that's crazy because I think it isn't realistic the first time you say it out loud, but I think it's pretty close to where they're going to end up. Yeah, I think he probably would have to quarantine for two weeks if he goes away and then comes back. But I can't really see them walking away from those massive TV contracts if there's a a chance to salvage them with some games. I mean, will everything be different? Yes. Many things, well, not everything, but many things will be different. But I think if they get the go-ahead, then they're going to do it, and it is going to be pretty crazy. But I don't see them walking away from all that money. For sure. I mean, crazy doesn't mean impossible. It is crazy. Today's crazy. Yesterday was crazy. Tomorrow's crazy. I mean, basically, you're in a crazy world right now. So uh, if, if an individual player doesn't want to do it, don't do it. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, the Joe Ingles Show. 8.30 today. We check in with Joe. Craig Bowlerjack's here at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK coming up next. The Mount Rushmore of sports in honor, Jackie Robinson. He's got one spot. Who else is up there? And we will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Our good friend, David Locke. There's people who disagree with me, but I think Rudy's a terrific offensive player. Is he a good offensive player in the sense that you can give him the ball, he can go score? No. But the league's defenses, number one thing they're trying to do right now is take players off the rim, okay? Rudy Gobert is third in the league at 409 shots in the restricted area. I don't give a crap how he gets them either. Does he get them on an offensive rebound? Does he get them on a lob? I don't care. I'm not buying the narrative that Rudy needs to be a better offensive player because if guys could get shot Shots of the rim, they would, but they can't. And Rudy can. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222. 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. 73 years ago today, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, played his first major league game for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Who else joins him? on the Mount Rushmore of American sports. Star college athlete, baseball, football, track, joins the Dodgers, changes the course of that franchise's history, gets them over the hump, they finally win a World Series, the bums, remakes American sports in the process, so he's up there, but who else? PK, this will shock you, but some of our listeners were screwing around and didn't want to answer this question very seriously. Huh. I know, right? And just for accuracy, accuracy sake, it was yesterday, not today. Today's the 16th. Today is the 16th. It was the 15th when it went up. So, who is it? David says Carl, John, and Rudy. And he spelled Carl with a C. David. 
What are you doing? Carl with the C? No, there's two things you don't use C's on, and that's Malone's first name and then 1-800-TOW-CARS. That's CARS with a K. Well, the K. Ryan put up Andre Miller, Keith Van Horn, and Rick Majerus. Thank you, Ute fan. I think I would go with Jackie Robinson and then Ronai and the kids. Nice. Joe will be here at 830, <laughs> so stand by for that. Because that's a foursome. Spencer booted Jackie Robinson off the Mount Rushmore and went with Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Joey Chestnut. Hashtag America. Well... It is an American sports, but uh, Jackie Robinson, I mean, you don't even have to know anything about the particular sport or anything about sports for that matter. And my guess is that you know the story of Jackie Robinson. Doctor of Common Sense ignored the story of Jackie Robinson, no matter how pervasive it is and no matter how much he actually knows, and just put Christian McCaffrey up on the Mount Rushmore of American sports for having the highest paid running back contract well, in the NFL. I have to go with Ed McCaffrey then because without Ed McCaffrey there's no Christian McCaffrey. Okay, there you go. I see you working. All right, some people did take this seriously. Uh, SM at Fit38 tweets in Jack Johnson, Billy Jean King, and Jesse Owens. Jack Johnson puts out some beautiful music, man. I mean, it's not hard rock. It's not country. It's sort of just like soft, mellow rock beach music. So, I mean, he's good, but I don't know that I'd put him up there over, say, McCartney and Lennon. Not that Jack Johnson. Oh, what other one is there? The boxer Jack Johnson. Well, when you have to have Ali, you're going to have two of the four be from boxing? Yeah, he kicked Ali out and put put Jack Johnson in. No. Bad call. That's a a bad call. (laughs) The first African-American world heavyweight boxing champ. Yeah, but Muhammad Ali took boxing to heights that Jack Johnson never took it to. True story. Heights it doesn't look like it's getting back to. Also true. I think you got to have the former Cassius Clay on that list. Many people do, but not all. Chad skipped over him and said Jackie Robinson, Jesse Owens, Michael Jordan, and Serena Williams. Yeah, I don't know that I could go with a tennis person over, and you have zero people from football? Zero. Who would you put on from football, though? If, if you had to have a representative from football, just say we, we put in a rule. got to have a representative of football. The who would it be? The only football player that people are putting up is Tom Brady. Quarterback, the most glamorous position, six-time Super Bowl champion. You know, I think the thing about Mount Rushmore is it has to stand the test of time, and he's still playing. You know, a lot of people are putting the name Babe Ruth on the list. And Babe Ruth's name has stood the test of time. Ali is coming up on, depending on where you, what part of, of his career you're talking about, you know, his career was basically 50 years ago. Uh, he burst on the scene with the Olympics. Well, that was 60 years ago. Um, some of his most famous fights aren't 50 years old yet. I think the, uh, we're not to the, 
the Frasier, maybe the first Frasier Ali fight is uh, 50 years old, but the second and third ones aren't. So he's getting to the point where he's standing the test of time. I think for, for modern athletes, uh, Tiger's name is coming up quite a bit. And then Michael Jordan. And Jordan's name has now stood the test of time for basically a quarter of a century. If you're going to be on the Mount Rushmore, I think it goes to what you said earlier. You really don't have to know anything about baseball. You don't have to know the difference between a sacrifice bunt and a sacrifice fly to know the impact Jackie Robinson had. So whose impact is that pervasive? And I think the thing working against football here is it's the ultimate team sport. And there are stars, but it's just different, and it's hard to excel. Now, six Super Bowls, you know, so Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's getting the shout-out from some people. Ryan Christensen said Babe Ruth, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and Tom Brady. And that admits Tom Brady's face would probably get defaced on a regular basis by Patriots haters. But you got that test of time thing. You know, Jackie Robinson's name has now stood the test of time. And if you're going to be all-time, all-timer, I mean, only four faces out of the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of athletes, man, you gotta, you got to have a story that's just so overwhelming that people know it even when they barely spend any time learning about it. And you still end up knowing about it. Yeah, that's why I would consider Vince Lombardi over Tom Brady because I didn't say athletes. I just said uh, people. Putting together the most and overseeing the most legit dynasty, five titles in seven years, a three-peat. Nobody has three-peated as NFL champs since then. Yeah. It's pretty massive. I would consider him. I think he might have been the face of the – of NFL football for a good while. I don't see what Tiger's done, That why would I put him on there? Made golf cool. I mean, obviously, if you just count up the titles, he didn't win as much. And I think that if you're going to be on the Mount Rushmore, you somehow have to spill over into popular culture. I think well, most is, of the people yeah. going up there do. You know, you're, What has Tiger done to, to, to spill over into popular culture? Made golf cool, one with swagger. Um, took a took a took a largely white sport, and, and it first made it still largely white. It is it is still <laughs> largely white. So he hasn't done anything that way. But he made it cool. <laughs> I, I'm sure we flocked to him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's what racial implications has Tiger had? Not as many as Jackie Robinson. Well, it's not even close. It's, it's, I mean, Tiger's had as much racial impact as I have. Mm, wouldn't all the caddies gathering around the green at Augusta when golf was their sport and their life to watch him win the first time in 97? I mean, there's some racial impact there. And that's it. But the second time, no. The third time, no. The fourth time, no. Yeah. The first time, yes. I was working at the watchdog that day, and that's the and I was in the slot, so I was in charge of deciding what the the sports page looked, and that's the picture I used. All the black folk from uh, Augusta who came to the green to watch it, but I don't know that it really went beyond that. I mean, it was big at the time for sure, but did it really change the sport in the in the manner that Jackie Robinson changed the sport, and and in the manner that. Muhammad Ali did his stuff. I, I don't see any comparison. 
Steve says Jesse Owens, Jim Thorpe, Billy Jean King, and Jackie Robinson. Jim Thorpe, football and Olympic star from 100, now 110 years ago, 108 years ago. Billie Jean King for the uh, Battle of the Sexes and making women's tennis big time. The Battle of the Sexes. Come on. It was a TV show. <laughs> What's it? The Battle of the Sexes. Did you take the premier male tennis player play the premier female tennis player? No, the guy was over 50. It was a TV he show. Was, he was uh, 30 years past it. He was a marketing genius is yes, what he was. that's what he was. <laughs> I'll give you the doubles, Alex. <laughs> yes. Reminded me of who was the White Sox owner, Bill Veck. Yes. Yeah, that was like ahead of his time when it came to marketing. Alex says, Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and Jackie Robinson. And those are my four. Alex got it right. If I get to judge. If you get to judge, are those your four? Jordan? What did Jordan do? Had the whole world at his feet. Made it a global game. And thank you, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. You get somebody else you want instead of him. You don't like those four. I combined magic and bird into one. You can't do that. I just did. <laughs> well, that's five people. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's magic it's bird. It's a bird magic mashup. Ow! Magic bird. Yes. What was that movie where the hops in the machine and the two life forms get zapped together? It was the fly. The fly. We're zapping you two together. Well, magic and bird are the godfathers of modern basketball. Jordan is not. Who are your four then? Or are you going with the other three? Who are the other three? Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali, Jackie Robinson. And my problem is I have no football representation, the most popular sport in the country. Well, if you drop Jordan, you can put a fourth in there. So you got Ruth, Ali, and Robinson. Drop anybody and put a fourth in there. Well, who you got? I have to think of. I have to have some football representation, and right go, now I. You want to go Vince Lombardi, but I don't know that that's the best one. George Hallis, coaching in four decades, was there when they formed the NFL. Would leave the Bears, come back, make the Bears big again. Biggest blow in an NFL championship game ever, and was there to guide the league his entire adult life. Yeah, I mean that's impressive, no doubt. But I'm just wondering is if I'm if I'm going to go in that direction, isn't Lombardi bigger? Probably depends on what century you like, because uh, Hallis's run was kind of coming to an end. I think the last champion he coached was '63. One of the two teams that broke up, you know, when the Packers won five and seven, one of the two teams that broke through was the Bears in '63. So. Yeah, but I think when we think of old-time football, we go right to the Packers. Yep. Ahead of the Bears and ahead of George Hallis, taking nothing away from him. But I think we take it up and go towards Vince. 
Hallis's name is on the uh, NFC Championship trophy, which was the NFL championship for a long time. That was it. And then the Super Bowl came along with another league and more teams, and Lombardi's name went on the Super Bowl trophy. So those are the two guys, the way their names sit there. So, Yeah, and in my mind, I don't know why necessarily, but I pick Lombardi over Hallis. I feel like I know more about him. There's been more stuff done about him. More people have spoken about him. More information about him. His coaching tree is awesome. If you want to go with, uh, you know, the impact he had, uh, the people who worked for him. Tom Landry probably being the biggest name, but there were others. Anybody else in football bigger? Uh, man, I, I can run through lists of athletes. You know them all. And, you know, Jim Brown, the greatest running back. Um, the GOAT at wide receiver is Jerry Rice, but Brady's got the most Super Bowls as a quarterback. But it doesn't, I, I don't feel like, in, in these other areas, you know, I just think people rise up head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't know that football has that. Roger Stallback. Heisman winner. Yep. Service Academy. Served in the military. Came back. Beat up Clint Longley when he didn't want to, <laughs> but he had to. <laughs> Not one ounce of a scandal. A true American. People are doubling back on some of our discussion here and uh, shooting it down. Uh, Matt says, Tiger Woods PGA Tour video game, millions and millions bought. Transformed the business, I guess he's implying. That's a sign of the times, though. We're going to do that. we got to put Al Gore in. He invented the internet. Jimmy says we need another baseball player, the greatest hitter ever to live, Ted Williams. Veteran of World War II and the Korean War. Still an awesome career despite all those years and at-bats missed. There's no argument there. Yeah, I mean, you can look at many of those players uh, that uh, were all-timers and and gave up uh, X amount of at-bats because of military service. The greatest player of them all ever, Willie Mays. Same thing. I mean, he didn't have as many, but he still gave up time at least two seasons maybe two and a half or three but at least a couple yeah there's no reason to think that he wouldn't have at least had some modicum of success if not big time success yeah I marvel at at that I mean that's unheard of today that guys were doing that they left came back in the case of Williams left came back again and to still do what they did yeah, dominated, hit 400, left for yeah. World War II, came back, dominated, left for the Korean War, and then came back and dominated some more. Yeah, that's just unheard of in today's world. Nobody does that. I mean, that's why it was so, it was uh, before the the unfortunate uh, ultimate sacrifice of Pat Tillman, just the fact that he did it was thought to be incredible. No one's doing that. Nobody does that. doesn't happen. But yet those guys were doing it. 
with a degree of regularity, not just those two. There's others, obviously, also. Baseball, you know, we talk about how basketball players go back, you know, in my day it was better. And it seems like every generation does that. And I don't buy it. But when you look at some of the accomplishments in baseball versus today, the game is so radically different. I mean, somebody put out there sports in the 70s. You can go see. I think Mark Durant retweeted it. It was on Bob Gibson. Uh, and it's like the month of month of June and whatever year. And every start, or it's like a two, maybe a two-month span. Every start he completed, uh, he threw like 12 starts. He threw six shutouts. I mean, guys don't even have six shutouts in their careers now because they don't go the distance. And these guys were just taking the ball and going and going and going. And it's unheard of today. I'm not saying that the game was better then, but the accomplishments that those players did back then were just incredible compared to some of the accomplishments now. Because now it's like, gosh, if you get six innings out of somebody, you go crazy. And you know, you, you, you're a multi-million dollar dude before they turn it over to the five guys who all throw 98. <laughs> it's unreal. And then you take on the military service. Because you imagine if anybody did that today in any sport, went and served and missed two seasons and then came back? No, it's just and, off It's just off the charts. Nobody, it wouldn't happen now. It do, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> but yet oh it was boy. a regular occurrence. Oh, we're having another earthquake. That's a pretty good ride right there. That is quite the ride. It is still going. We are swaying back and forth. We were rattling early on. Yach was freaking out with the first one, and now he just smiles and holds his hands up off the desk. All right, that was a long that was a long one. I didn't time it, but that had to be 10 seconds, maybe 15. Did you time it, Yach? I didn't look at the clock. Oh, it's still rumbling a bit here. So a little bit, yeah, there's a little bit hanging on, but it's much less now. That's at least 15 Do you feel seconds. that one, PK? Uh, just a little bit, but... Uh... Yeah, you're yeah. not on the fifth floor like we are. Social oh, distancing, people. Right, right, yeah. right, right. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes, 100. percent Yes. <laughs> I did not feel the uh, the 4.2 earthquake the other night. My wife did. Yeah. We were both at home, and I don't know right. what I was doing that I didn't notice it. But I knew about it when I looked at Twitter. I had put my phone down, and I picked my phone up 10 or 20 minutes later, whatever it was, and I saw a bunch of people commenting on it. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm like, did right. you know we had an earthquake? Yeah. Yeah. I felt it. And she didn't even say anything. We're getting so used to these aftershocks. That was a bigger one. But it's also impacted by the fact, you know, I'm up on the fifth floor here. So 100%. Yeah. Well, maybe not 100%, but close to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a seismologist. But yeah, the one you're talking about, I talked to my neighbor across the street. Nope, absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, and here they come. And now people are guessing. It's a great game. Everyone, hit us up on Twitter now. I'm already in. 3-7. You, you went 3-7. I don't have enough experience up here. Most of them I've felt at home. I've been through a number of You've been of through it. multiple yes. up here. I think that's only the second time I've been up here for an earthquake. Well, what was the other one, the big one? What was 5.7. The original R- was a 5.7. Yeah, the 5.7. Yeah, I mean, that was undeniable, and it knocked us off the air. You were off that day, and it literally knocked us off the air for the rest of the day, I might add. I was in, uh, I was in quarantine, and I was up sitting at the computer at the desk listening to the segment before, before I went on. And I felt it, and then I'm like, 
how can PK not be feeling this? Why are we still in the air? And why is he talking about anything else? And that's when you find the delay of out the microphones uh, in through the wiring, and it goes into a relay, and it goes up to the mountain to the transmitter, and then the transmitter to the radio. In my case, I was listening on a computer. So mm-hmm. there's that delay as it comes through the you know into the computer as well. You're pushing towards a minute with that delay on that. And so it was it was a pretty good delay, and then all of a sudden PK is like, oh, <laughs> and then and then he got knocked off shortly after that. So that yes, dead. Yeah. Well, on that one, it probably took me maybe five seconds to figure it out because I had been living here, and both you and me had been we've been living here for 25 years, and we hadn't had any compared to, uh, at least for me, I assume for you too, down in the Southern California area, you didn't go 25 years without feeling one. It, not that it was every day, but it was certainly more common than 25 years. And so I was stunned. I'm, I'm, I'd heard about earthquakes in, the, in our area, but I had not experienced it. So it took me probably maybe five seconds to realize what the heck is going on. So there was that delay in addition to the technological delay. Here come people on Twitter. Shook hard in Salt Lake City. Hashtag aftershock. Aftershock again. Felt that one. Did you feel it? <laughs> Earthquake! All caps, four exclamation points. How long does it take before they figure out they had signed a number to it? It'll be here probably in the next few minutes, the initial number. If not our next segment, the one yeah. after that, I would think. Yeah, the very latest. Oh, that's pretty quick then. Another aftershock. I'm officially done. <laughs> Spencer Ryan Hall, who we both know. Again, I'd like to respectfully request a moratorium on earthquakes and aftershocks. So did it I'm feel, was it stronger than the one the other night? Do you, do you guys feel? I was in at my home in Saratoga Springs. I didn't feel the one the other night. It was a 4-2, I think is what it came out as. I never felt that one. Yeah, I didn't feel it either. Okay, so you can't reference it then. I cannot. We had a four, was it the four five that hit shortly after the initial quake? The one we just had. Oh, later in the day, yeah. yeah. That This one was a little bit milder than that, but it was still, okay. it rumbled. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. More people from the world of sports checking in. Jay Drew, another aftershock? I think it was about a 3.0. I'll take the over on that. That's an over on that. Over? One. Over on hey, man, 3.0. That, that's really low. I know, yeah. I don't think you feel much below three when you're on the ground. I think it's got to be in the threes for you to feel it on the ground. And too many people felt this. I mean, we're up in the air on the fifth floor, but most people aren't. So I'm thinking because so many people felt it that it's going to come in over a 3-0. Do I hear 3-5? Do I hear 3-5? Let's go, people. (laughs) Give me 3-9. Give me (laughs) 3-9. What do you think is the number where everybody feels it? (laughs) Uh, I think in the fours, it, well, it was a 4-2 and I didn't feel it. So that's right, that's what I'm saying. But I would say somewhere in the fours. Four is the low end. A 4-5 then? Okay. I was really surprised they didn't feel it based on everybody else's reaction. Uh, Lloyd Cole just put in his guess at 4.7. That seems pretty high. I'll take the under on that. <laughs> he also, Lloyd also put out a gif with, uh, with Jim from the office. I just want it to stop. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. Not really. <laughs> uh, Clint Peterson's listening. Uh, he's going with a 4.3. I think uh, it's probably about right. Oh, here it is. We just got one. A 4.21. What? They're carrying them out another decimal point now? A 4.21 earthquake near Magna. 
That comes from myearthquakealerts.com. I don't know who What's those going on are. with Magna, man? They got the raccoons and they got these earthquakes. And Come damn. on, Magna. <laughs> 4.21, noticeable shaking of indoor objects. All right, there it is. Uh, we'll see if uh, – sometimes they revise them. We'll see if they stick with that number. But 4.21 is the number. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Steve Watts from Talon's Cove. I've got one question for you, Scotty. All right. I believe you're the best play-by-play radio announcer in the state because I follow the Aggies as well. Here, here. You're doing a great job with the Aggies. <laughs> How fun was it to call Sam Merrill's winning shot against San Diego State, which ended up being the last play of the year? That was as cool of a moment that I've ever had an opportunity to be a part of. Sam rises for three. Yes! You've got to be kidding me! Sam, I am Merrill! Straight away three! 2.5 seconds left in the game! Sam Merrill is a freaking stud! You know what I want to do? Strut. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Caught a movie last night, PK. The Big Short. All about the uh, three groups of people that made a lot of money when they realized the housing uh, bubble was going to bring down the economy in 2007 and 2008. It was a story well told. Good movie. Did you go to Megaplex? Nope, rented it at home. <laughs> Three ninety nine. There you go. Bring your own popcorn. What'd you watch last night? Uh, I went and I did not even know this was a television show, but it's over about Shaq. I was flicking around on TNT, uh, Life with Shaq or something, and uh, he's at some place and he's buying some kids. Uh, I got one kid in particular, he's getting ready to go to a high school dance or something. And he's buying him shoes and an outfit and everything. So I think he spent, uh, I don't know, 800 bucks or something. Bought the kid everything. And then uh, Shaq's at home and he's trying to get himself back in shape. And he's working with a trainer. And the trainer looked like he was a half a foot tall compared to Shaq. <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> You know, and usually trainers, I mean, even if they're short, height-wise, you know, they, they, they make up for, their, for their, their buffness. But, man, he looks so tiny. And I had not, I did not know they were even doing this about Shaq. And then on the bottom right-hand corner, it said two new episodes Thursday, which obviously is today. So I yep. guess uh, they're having some reality show with Shaq. All right. Well, now I know what to watch tonight. I'll, I'll sample that. Knocked out uh, three more episodes of The Office. Getting laid into the sixth season now. And they made a lot of episodes of that show. There's got to be like about 200 episodes of that show. It just goes on and on. So, anyway. Is it rivaling I Love Lucy? Well, on the Mount Rushmore of television series, I don't know that The Office makes it. But I Love Lucy definitely makes it. The Ball is on the Mount Rushmore. Well, yeah, she had three series. Phenomenal. Who had three series? Lucille Ball. Oh, Lucille Ball. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I didn't hear the name. Yeah, after she yeah, did. Well, I, I wonder what is the most... Uh, right. 
And then there was uh, some spinoffs on, on stuff on that, just Lucy or whatever it might be. Yeah. What is the, uh, what's the record for most shows in any type of series, whether it be a drama or a situation comedy or, or I, I don't know what else is out there that you would call that. I guess excluding the soap operas because some of those soap operas have been running for 30, 40 years. Talking about primetime television. Uh, let's see. What would it be? Um, Did they run more back in the day than Seinfeld or Everybody Loves Raymond or, I mean, this one here, Modern Family, just ended after 11 years, right? Yeah, it would be... Uh, did the series go longer? I'm, I, so I go- now for a series. I, I Google it real quick. I think even in the in the olden times, I think like twenty six to thirty episodes was a full season, and now I think twenty two is. But I don't think mm-hmm. they ever made more, except for the shows. Because when you Google the list, the stuff that comes up, you're right. There's a bunch of soap operas and the Merv Griffin show and stuff. You know, the David Letterman show, Oprah Winfrey, and, and that's not what you're talking about. You're talking like a a scripted prime time. Um, yeah, you know I, I'm seeing the Prime big, time in the mountain is what seven to ten. Big Brother Australia. This is an yeah, it is. Uh, big Brother Australia is uh, you know on this list. They get shows from all over the world. Um, so I, I would I would think that that uh, a Grey's Anatomy did 356 episodes. So that looks like it might be it. But all these other shows are mixed in this list. So. Um, Scooby-Doo did 380. <laughs> so there That's you a go. Saturday morning cartoon. I would have yeah, gotten away with it with the meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> my brother loves Scooby-Doo. I was just old enough I didn't and get it. you know what it. we're celebrating, guys? What? You know what's awesome? They're just now unveiling the comeback of the greatest of them all and you have scoffed and yet once again i've proven correct saved by the bell is coming back how awesome was that show you just can't get away from it it's coming back i mean they had the college years now you're having the the middle age years they'll no doubt they'll have the the golden years in 10 years or so or 15 years ago Okay, so the winner, by going, I, I did a better Google search here for U.S. prime time. And so, The Simpsons, 679 episodes. Law and Order Special Victims Unit, 476. Gunsmoke, oh, wow. They had them listed by seasons, but if you go by shows, Gunsmoke, 635. So, Gunsmoke and The Simpsons are the two longest running. Gunsmoke. Yep. Can't say I ever watched Gunsmoke. Never watched Gunsmoke either. It went off the air in 1975. It's probably out there in reruns somewhere. Uh, Mike been Leach available is a big to watch it, but I didn't. Oh, he is? Yeah, apparently he's had a debate whether MASH or Gunsmoke is one of those ones that's pretty famous. And he said Gunsmoke is the superior show to MASH in every way. <laughs> well, any show is superior to MASH in every way. Hey, so, hey, I mean, watch your mouth. Sucked. Hey. MASH was the most over-freaking-rated television Trapper's show my guy. in the history of television shows. No, MASH absolutely sucked. I hated MASH. I still hate MASH. That might 
hatred of MASH is eternal. I hated it yesterday, I hate it, hate it today, and I'll hate it tomorrow. You are just sick and wrong, my man. Sick and wrong. I don't know what to I tell you. I am not. Yes. That show sucked. The Simpsons, Gunsmoke, and Lassie. There's the big three. Lassie, 591 episodes. So, that was one popular dog. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, we got Joe Ingles coming up at 8.30. Craig Bowlerjack is joining us at 9 o'clock. There's an episode of What Did You Watch Last Night? DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.